Welcome to the Weekly Exchange, an Explominate podcast where we talk about Forex, strategy, and tactics games news, patches, devlogs, and much more. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Weekly Exchange. It is Rob again, and I am again outnumbered by the British here with Drexy. Hey, hey. And Ben. Welcome, guys. Hello, everyone. Yes, I uh, I liked it so much last time that I thought, hey, why not? Let's just invite him back on and see what I can do with... Maybe, maybe I won't try the British accent again this week, but I definitely appreciate y'all's British accent. And... We can talk more about games. Maybe I we got some feedback, right? So some feedback about maybe not blasting through news because, you know, we can do that through the news posts and stuff and maybe just uh, maybe lingering a little longer on some of the topics here. So we're going to deliver the news, but maybe if things go whatever direction they're going to go, we'll let them go, right? Sounds good? Sounds good. Yep, sounds good to me. Well, let's start off by telling the the audience here about AI War 2's newest patch. I know that Chris Park is hammering away at this game, so tell me a little bit about it, Drexy. Ah, I think it's me. Um, oh, wow. So, okay, yeah. so let's go back. Um, yeah, so yeah, tell me a little bit about it, Ben. I'm sorry. I thought it was, you know, we talk about this before and a little behind the scenes. We're going to peel back the curtains a little bit. But generally when there's more than one person, which is usually almost all the time, we talk about the subjects we're going to talk about, and we hadn't discussed this prior to the recording of this show, but I mistakenly thought that it was... You're right now, because I remember Drexy was saying that he could handle Stellaris. So, <laughs> yep, yep, uh, look what I've done. So, Ben, will you tell me, please, about AI War 2's update? My apologies to you, sir. No problem, man. So, this is the version 1.332 update, the Extra Galactic War Nears. I like how Chris Park comes up with these with these elaborate names for his patches. Um, so there's been some visual updates for the game. So I think they're continually adding new bits and pieces with regards to the visuals. And uh, I think as part of the new incoming DLC that's coming, they're, they're working on these ele- what he's calling extra galactic war units for the AI. Uh, so I'm just going to read from the from the blurb. They're basically the super units the AI is using in its larger war outside the galaxy. It can't be bothered to bring them back unless you get a ton of super units in certain fashions. Um, so these are like these are to anybody who doesn't know AI War to an AI War. The kind of, the the story is that humanity is really so small and it's been previously defeated by this big AI, and currently the AI is distracted by some something outside of this galaxy. So it's it's got some other war on the go, um, and it sounds like what they're trying to do now is. Some of the larger ships, uh, some of the larger capital ships that you can find during the course of the game in AI War 2 are actually quite powerful. So I think uh, uh, what they're planning on doing is bringing these these extra, sorry, these these outer galactic sort of attack fleets back in to fight against the humans in order to to counter these large these large fleets. Uh, and then the the patch goes on to talk about they've fixed various bugs and there's some balance tweaks. 
as always, and they've up they've upgraded the AI on the macrophage, which is something they've been working on for the last couple of patches, I believe. So, yeah, AI War Two is just continuing at a really really fast pace. Yeah, and he makes he makes a few mentions of the first DLC or expansion. He calls it DLC expansion, so <laughs> I guess they're one and the same. But yeah, no, he's he he mentions them twice, so I imagine that's something that's coming soon. I know that he had said originally that he'd wanted it out in the first quarter of 2020. So we are kind of nearing the end of the first quarter. So, I mean, we've got a month and some change left. So I imagine we'll see more about that soon. But it also sounds like these major super units are going to play a part. So like a few of them are going to be able to come back. I guess like what it is is the AI has some other stuff going on, some other wars that (laughs) it's clearly fighting. Maybe it's just subjugating everything. And it only wants to come back and like send its like major forces back to the humans when the humans have done enough to maybe kind of like warrant that response. So, uh, yeah, that sounds awesome to me. I'm really, I'm, we were talking about this before the show and it's a game that I've, I've really liked and I've always really liked, but I haven't been back since I wrote the review and it has been because he's been rolling out these, these updates so frequently. But for me, I think I'm going to jump back in with this DLC. What do you think, Ben? I'm exactly the same. Um, the, the patches are coming in so fast and they're changing things so quickly um, that I've kind of just, I'm just waiting for it, for the for the pace of the updates to settle down a little bit because um, like we were saying before, games of AI War 1 were frequently 15, 20 hours. Yeah, that was about standard. And there's kind of, there's a lot less, um, I want to use the word boilerplate, um, they, something they talk about in coding, where you know you have yeah. There's a certain amount of s- sort of standard stuff that you've got to do in order to kind of get the game running right, and they've cut that out of AI War Two. So I found that AI War Two plays considerably faster. Um, it's it's much faster. I think a map that would take me maybe twenty hours in AI War One is taking me maybe fifteen or ten in AI War Two. So um, whilst it's not a massive time commitment some of these some of these updates are probably likely to change the game balance and possibly break saves so i've not really bothered with it so far but let's let's see what happens it look i mean we were talking about this before it's a great game let's just see where they go with it they're constantly adding new stuff to it as well it's it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger which is kind of what happened with ai war one i mean the the before they before they stopped working on ai war one the amount of content and it was just absolutely ridiculous. So I, I fully expect uh, he's going to go full board with AI War 2. Yeah, I think AI War 1 had like four or five DLCs, did Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think Sounds five. Right. Yeah. By the time it was done, I... Because I, I, I'd, I'd got in at the first DLC, I started playing it, and so it took me a little bit longer than normal games to figure it out, but by the time I got back to AI War 1... It was the fifth or fourth, whatever the last one was, and I just felt a little overwhelmed, so I didn't, I wasn't able to get back into it. And plus, I mean, so I think AOR two looks, I mean, of course it looks way better, but I feel like it's got um, maybe a lot more staying power as far as the looks go because a lot of the game feels more macro, even more so than AOR one. So I don't know. There's something about the the second iteration here that's going to. I feel a little bit like it's got more staying power. So I feel like when he gets to the point where he's got three or four expansions, I'll be more excited to go back and and learn it or whatever it is. And I think honestly, what helps me too is that I I knew the base game really well. At this point, I know the base game really well. Uh, I'm not very good at it, but I know it. And 
so when it comes time to learning new stuff, it'll be a little bit easier to know, like, you know, this is the new stuff and, you know, kind of tack on the new, the new features and mechanics that I need to learn. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, well, part of the, the pleasure of AI war, just from, from kind of browsing forums and, and, and reading things that people who really love that game have written about it, a lot of the pleasure comes from repeated plays and seeing how it is that the AI reacts uh, to the player actions in, you know, in different circumstances, because there's, I mean, I haven't played the game enough to really fully experience this yet, I've got to say, but it can do a lot of different things and it can do some surprising things as well. And I'm, I've seen people discussing that they've got thousands of hours in AI War 1 and, you know, they were they were playing it at some of the hardest difficulty settings and, you know, really trying to really trying to bash out different techniques and tactics with, within which to kind of defeat the game. And just exploring what it can do because it's a really complex AI system in it. Yeah, no, I think it's amazing. I really do think that it still seems like the Steam reviews are really well, really high up there. So I'm, I'm glad to see that the vast majority of people feel the same way we do. I don't think, I mean, it, it, he's also talked about how it's basically put him way back in the black. So I know that the game sold well, but it's just weird to not hear many people talking about it. You know, I know that there's a problem with just the glut of games. And at this point, like, and that's part of the problem that I have that I have with getting back to AI War 2 is like I feel like I need to try the new one, the new one, the new one, the new one. And I, I really want to get to a point where I can have the willpower to not buy the next game that I want <laughs> so that I can yes. focus on the games I have. That's the endless issue, isn't it, with especially in the era of of constant Steam sales and you know, there's multiple storefronts that are always doing deals and then you've got Humble Bundle kicking out you know, seven games a month or nine games a month at 15 pounds, whatever it is, it's, it's quite difficult to be disciplined and, and focus on the things that you really want to play. Yeah. If you're anything like me, I'm, I, can't, I, I always get distracted. I'm like a kid in a sweet shop, you know, I, I, want, a, I want a bit of this and then I want a bit of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you kind of touched on something there. Um, I think just find it cool that he's still making games considering that his company almost went under at one point after he tried to make a bunch of different type of games and didn't really pan out. And now he's back onto AR War and, yeah, seems to be game. Which was the most recent one he did? That He said that it kind of sold well, but didn't sell well enough at the start for it to really be financially solvent. Which Was that Starward Rogue? Yes, it was Skyward Rogue or Starward Rogue, whatever it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it. The little, like, shoot 'em up he said that it did, you know, it did well at first and then it just kind of fizzled out almost immediately and the reviews are really good and people were saying it was like one of the better shoot 'em ups but you know it just never caught on and you know it's funny too because i in the interview with him i thought i went back and tried the in case of raptor you know whatever it is uh release whatever i forgot what it's called but in case of raptor or something and that's right yeah crazy name <laughs> Yeah, well, case of emergency rat release rat, raptor. That yeah, was that, it. That was it. Yeah. Well, and and so I I feel like in playing that I mean it's clearly just a demo now and you know there's not real substance there. I mean there is some, but it just it seemed like a pretty unique idea and I just I wish I know that he was losing. I mean I, a lot of the problem was that that he just was not making any money at all and losing hand over fist money hand over fist with that. But you know to see maybe him you know, retry some of these ideas he's had. And then the other game too, and I still have it in my steam library because he gave it to me way long ago is the, Oh, now, now I need to remember it, but it's the like terrestrial 4X game that he was making. It was like a Sim city meets 4X. 
Skyward Collapse, is it, or something like this? Uh, no. Hold on a second. Oh. I'll find it. Oh, was that the one that didn't come out? Yeah, it never came out. It never came out. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'll find it here. So, all of our Ken games are really, they're really, they're all really innovative and different in different ways. And the the thing is, when you're, I, I'm no expert on this, but I did work at a games dev company for a little while, and I know from their experience, they actually they used to do kind of. Um, sort of film tie-ins and stuff and they made they made a lot of money doing that but they did do some of their own in-house development um you know in their own franchise and they they made less money doing that because you you spend so much time doing the kind of the r&d for it i guess and yeah um so arkin just every one of their games is like that so i guess it's difficult for them to build up a to build up a decent sized team because they're going to have these long periods of downtime where they're they're working on these games and you know, I think like like in that interview that he did with you, Rob, where he was saying, you know, they were months and or you know like years into the development and they're running out of money. That must be terrifying. Yeah, I can only imagine uh, the kind of money he's talking about losing every month makes me <laughs> vomit. Like that's more money than I make in like a, I don't know, a year sometimes. You know, like it's just the when he's talking about losing five digits every month. I just I can't even imagine. I, I that would make me. Yeah lose all of the rest it of it makes my you hair. sick <laughs> yeah seriously yeah <laughs> the name the name of the game though is stars beyond reach that was the game where he was, was yeah he was really trying i thought he had something good going too it wasn't and I, I mentioned it when he was when he was on the interview with me and i i thought that you know he was so close to finding something that would have been really great really unique really just you know fun and he he just, I feel like he was like on the, on the verge of all of it. And maybe he found something. I know he was continuing to work on it with his friend at the time. And I think it was Keith and, you know, he mentioned maybe even finding a formula that worked, but just never being able to finish that game. And I can't tell you how much is in that game. It's just so, I mean, they're like the, the technology trees are all in there. There are icons for every technology tree. There are specific and, and unique buildings that each of the races had for their like cities and they're all in there. I mean, this game is basically complete, and yet it's never probably going to see the light of day, which is insane to me. Maybe I'll That's ask great. him. I, I wish I could maybe do like a Let's Play or something. That'd be great to talk to him and see if I could. I mean, because he's not going to like, he's never probably going to finish it. So it'd be cool to maybe get permission from him to do a Let's Play and show people like what could have been. That might be interesting. I mean, he, he fills his game full of unique ideas, right? So that could be a potential tre- treasure trove of, of information for, you know, for developers maybe for sure yeah well let's take a moment real quick before we move on to go to our advertisements which i hate i'm sorry we're going to take a quick break for that and we'll come right back this episode is brought to you by visit williamsburg in williamsburg virginia there's never too much of a good thing whether you're a foodie a golfer a history buff a shopaholic an outdoor enthusiast or a thrill seeker you'll find what you came for here and more so ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, welcome back. Sorry, we had to do that. It's going to have to happen every week. I just feel so bad about doing that. But we can talk about Solaris now. So I know Drexy is the one who's going to say or, or tell us about the, uh, the Solaris Dev Diary, which is number 170. What an insane number to be at. So tell us a little bit about Drexy. Well, apparently, uh, Stellaris has bugs, uh, which I've never noticed before. How about you? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, apparently so. It's like, oh, 
Really? I thought you were doing such a good job with this. <laughs> nah, uh, basically they've uh, put the this dev diaries about the performance issues, which I'm sure everyone who's played Stellaris knows about. And uh, alongside with this dev, dev diary, they did do a sort of comparison video between their new version and the previous version, sort of run over a certain amount of years. And as you see, the improved version ends up quite a few I can't remember how long, six months ahead or something like that of the original version. So it seems finally we're getting around to getting some uh, bugs squashed here. What do you guys think about that? I think that's great news if it's true. Um, that's great news because Stellaris is, like we were saying, it's it's going to be a good game, but it just needs it just needs them to fix fix the issues that it's got before they add too much more content. What do you reckon, Rob? Yeah, you know, and it's something that's always bothered me about Stellaris. And even if it gets good at one point, I I have a problem with just the longevity of the games. And that's because I am who I am at this point in my life. And I've got kids, I've got limited time. And it feels like every Stellaris game I've ever tried, I've never finished because, you know, it takes forever to get off the ground with them. And then once you do, like, you'll come back. For me, at least, I'll come back in a week and be like, oh, where the hell am I? What the hell am I doing? I forgot what, what I needed to focus on. And you know that that's the problem with my going my ongoing game right now. I I came back to it like two three weeks after I had started it, and I mean I've I've got a decent little empire going, but I'm like, all right, well, what was my goal? I don't remember what I was in, you know interested in doing right now. And I know there's a log and all that stuff and a journal and all that great stuff, but I I do believe that Stellaris is better suited for somebody that's just not like me at all. <laughs> so I don't know. I, that's I don't, why. Yeah. Uh, that's my experience with Forex in general, though. I find that if I leave them too long, I can't. Re- it, it's more difficult for me to go back to them unless I've been very, very engaged with it. You know, like I'm sure we all have examples of games that we've been so, you know, that have just been so thrilling and exciting all the way through that you could probably pick it up anywhere and you'd, you know, you were that engaged. But Solaris, Solaris at least since, like, I like 2.0. I, I actually, I, I kind of welcomed some of the changes that it made because I felt that it went some way towards making the game tactically more interesting when it came to the combat. And I, I, I'm one of those 4X fans who, you know, the military side of the game is really important to me. I, um, I, I think that 4X is built around the military. And we have, we have discussions about this on our Discord quite a lot, but not everybody is like that. And, um, but I found that the uh, 2.0 particularly seemed to make things at least t- a little bit tactically more interesting because Stellaris, like the, the, the on release, I, I just didn't really like the way the combat worked. I didn't really like the way that, you know, the, the different kinds of jump drives allow you, allowed you just to bypass enemy systems and things that attack you and you, you try to fight back and they just jump straight out again. And there was no way of really catching them. So, they've started pushing the game in the right direction. They're just doing it too quick, maybe. Uh, I'm, I don't know. Like uh, immersion-wise, it's one of the be- It's one of the better four X games out there. I still like to play it sometimes because some of because just some of the stuff that you can do is just so cool. It's just really immersive, and there's so much choice with regards to the way that you can, you know, the the ways that you can take your fat your faction or your race. And it sounds like you know the, this latest update is going to be adding some some interesting stuff with regards to that, but. Yeah, I just hope I just want the, I want them to fix the AI. I didn't really have any problems with the performance, to be honest. And I don't know if that's just because I haven't played it as much as other people, or whether it's, you know, I mean, I have I played it on. I'm pretty sure Nate said that Stellaris was one of the games that worked on his old work laptop that he was using at one point. Do you remember that? Yeah, but um, yeah, I agree with you about the 2.0 because I actually 
what exactly what you said. I I hate the way people could jump past all your defenses. You'd build all these like uh, bases, like the defense bases, and people could just jump straight past it. It was like, oh well, what's the point of that? Absolutely. And, uh, there was it's actually lazy, little so. tactics you tactic you had where you could run just a couple ships around the back of someone's empire before you actually sent your main force in. And that yeah, would yeah, just cause them. the AI just to chase them around whilst you just took everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, g- gamers will gamers will learn how to do stuff like that, and if those exploits exist, they will use them. That's just that's just the nature of video games, right? So if people can't help themselves, but but use an exploit because they, once one is found, you know, it's easier to do that. And that's and a game as complex as Solaris, they've done well to kind of you know to kind of catch stuff like that and i think 2.0 like i said was a good step it was a step in the right direction i think it alienated a lot of the fan base so i've never seen such salt on steam (laughs) on the steam forums as like seriously the 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 delicious salty tears like there was so many people really pissed off that they'd take what they'd removed what they felt was a was one of the standout features of stellaris which is the different kind of jump drives but did it really make the game any better that's what i want to know i don't think so Um Actually, when talking about performances, there was like a really, really major issue. When they added, oh, what are they called? Those gates that take you to sort of stars that are outside of the map. Which DLC was that? Was that Distant Stars? I think I know what you're talking about, yeah. But that added a serious amount of lag to the game. It was actually unplayable for a while. Uh, yeah, because I was playing a lot with a friend at that time. But yeah. they did solve that. Yeah, and something yeah. I want to get back to what you said too. Like we were talking about just the 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 difficulty in going back to our games. I the thing is with Stellaris is that like I said, and I, I really want to emphasize this, I think that it just takes so long for a game of Stellaris to get going to the point where it's kind of exciting that that's why I have a hard time coming back to the game because like I said, I'll come back two weeks later, I'll forget where I am, and then in most Forex games, yeah, I would jump back into a new game because you know, in in, in a lot of good ones, the 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 excitement starts pretty early, right? And Stellaris, sure. I feel like you're 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 having to invest at least five hours, four or five hours into the game before you're like, oh hell yeah, this is great. You know, I've got fleets going. I'm at war with a major faction or something. And, and yeah, there's just that alone keeps me from getting back into the game often. And it's probably why I'm not as big of a fan of Stellaris as some people are. So, well, the thing is, the start of the game is. Because you're making your own empire and you can do so many things with your starting empire, which makes that part of the game really exciting. But the end game always seems to sort of converge it back into the same place every single game. That's the real problem I find with stuff. I think that latest, it sounds like the latest DLC is hoping to address that. I mean, if there's, if it does expand on the on the option you know the, on the diplomatic options that you have um in the late game with regards to the way that you're you know to this kind of federation stuff it it sounds like you know that's gonna that should make something a little bit more interesting yeah for sure i'm looking forward to federations I'll, i mean of course I'll, I'll jump back into it like i've done every time and and see just how much it improves the game i'm hoping that it, it'll be what I need from this game i really am <laughs> i want to i want to love Stellaris like everybody else does <laughs> well, how about we talk about a game a lot of people love? Oh, it's a game that I love too. It's Age of Wonders Planetfall. 
And we've already talked about the Tyrannosaurus. 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 Oh my god, I can't say it. I'm not gonna try. Tyrannosaurus <laughs> update. Lord. One more try, Rob. Come on, you can do it. The Tyrannosaurus update, and Ooh. you know it's so Ooh. darn big that I feel like we could go back over it a little bit because it is That's what really. She said. <laughs> I wish she'd said that, but she doesn't. Anyways, um, back to <laughs> nothing outside of, anything outside of my personal life. Um, the Tyrannosaurus update has one of the best trailers. Have you guys watched this trailer for it? Yes. Yep. Oh, it's so great. It's like it harkens back to like eighties cartoons. It's it takes that 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 theme and that feel that they kind of tried to do with the launch trailer. But I think they've done it. They've nailed it here. They've taken that like kind of cheesy 80s theme, dialed it down a little bit so it's not so cheesy, and threw in a bunch of Tyrannosaurus Rexes. And I don't know. It's it's one of the best trailers I've ever seen for any 4X game ever, let alone a patch. So if you haven't watched it, you should check it out. Yes, it's basically scantily clad women on top of dinosaurs with lasers strapped to their heads. Like, No, that's not cheesy at all. <laughs> it's still awesome. <laughs> I think the voiceover work isn't as cheesy. That's what I meant to say. Like the 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 trailer for the voiceover, the the original game was a little bit like okay, all right, but this one I think they nailed the cheesiness and the voice work and all that stuff. Absolutely, yeah. This the, the, we've talked about this before, haven't we? But the voice it's the voice acting is the one. It's the one jarring thing in that game because everything else in it's really good. The '80s music in it is amazing. I really love like the the synthwave oh, yeah, like synth soundtrack to oh, it. It's so 100%. great. It's one of my favorite soundtracks it's, for sure. It's just the the voice acting is really hit and miss. Some of it, I, I, some of it, I actually find quite jarring, and I, you know, that's a shame, really. You know, and I wish I could. De- I, I, I like. I'm with you there. So I think that like half of it's really good and half of it's truly awful. So, <laughs> and I think that it's truly good and truly awful for different people because like some of us want to hear like somewhat serious dialogue and then others are like, no, I love the eighties thing. And so like some of the people that are over the top with their, their voice acting, like some people actually really enjoy it. And I, for one, I'm just like, oh my God, that's annoying as hell. So you know, it sucks that no one like we. There's no way that they could fix that and appease everyone. I think at this point, but I do think yeah. that they they kind of hit or miss that. But anyways, so, yeah. yeah, let's talk about the update real quick. I know that we talked. We we went over this last week. I'll go over the main points again, but there are a few more that we didn't really talk about. So I'm gonna go over all of them because it is such a big thing. But we did have we now have a, a no colonizer mode, which is the way I play all of my games now. So you can't build colonizers. You can find them. You can take over other cities, which is great. I think that just really creates a lot of tension. I've talked about that before. They now have more exploration sites that you can capture and get uh, unique buffs and stuff from the uh, fleeing enemies issue. Um, so they basically, if they're they're uh, weak, like really weak, they'll ask for mercy occasionally. So you can claim the encounter or claim the location without a combat encounter, which I think is great. Like in Age of Wonders three, that's uh, that was a. That happened in Ages of Wonders 3, didn't it? Right at the start, you'd you'd move to a location and there'd be a weak army and sometimes it'd, you, you had the option of fighting them or letting them go yeah, for a bonus yeah. or something. And it's surprising they didn't let that happen from the get-go here, but it's definitely a welcome outcome here, and, or a welcome addition, I should say. Um, they also have rebalanced economic research which they're saying is meant to... So has meant we could remove a number of texts from the economy tree. Um, so they... They thought the the economy tree was a bit overloaded, and they've taken some out and rebalanced them to make it much better. I think 
They've also simplified the colony economy. Uh, they think they've gone through and basically changed the way that the sector upgrades and stuff have, have worked. So uh, they've rearranged all that to make it easier to grasp. I mean, there's just so many. There's so much stuff here. Uh, raising colonies and sectors, you can do that now, which is cool. Um, you could, Or actually, you could do that before, but now you gain resources from that. And there's now, like we said before, racial starting bonuses. So every one of the races will get two bonuses. One that's kind of like a short-term and then and immediately active from the start of the game, and then one's a little bit more long-term. So I know that, like, let's think about the assembly. They get a bonus to production, I believe, but they also get the ability to modify their units without having to incur any cost whatsoever. I think they get, a, you know, this special resource that allows you to use mods, they get a bonus of that at the start. I can't remember its name now. Um, oh, the Cosmite stuff. Yep, Cosmite. That's Cosmite, right. yeah. They get, yep. they get 20, so, 20 Cosmite. So yeah, it's stuff like that where, you know, you get this like bonus, but you also get this pretty, I mean, to, to be able to modify without having to pay a Cosmite, um, you know, charge is, is a pretty big deal. So that's a pretty cool thing. And they've, they've really, you know, fleshed out the asymmetry with that kind of stuff. So great stuff. Also, it um, kind of prevents, uh, it, sorry, I was, I was just gonna say it kind of also prevents um, you, let's say you're playing as the assembly and then you, the first city you come across is Amazon. It kind of it encourages you to stick with the assembly a little bit because if you've got that, if you've got a bonus that, that you know, this long-term bonus that's coming from your original race, it kind of stops you just sort of switching, you know, switching sides or switching your switching your units to this city that you've just picked up. I like that. I think that's good because it, it it preserves some of your original your original flavor, um, your original race's flavor. Yeah, no, I love it, and they also buffed the Amazons. Um, through a lot of different various ways, but mostly they allowed. There's now a new in-game operation that allows the Amazons to control some of the uh, like powerful in-game wildlife that they didn't have before. They've just done so much here. It is an insane patch. I mean, some people could get away with making this an expansion, and yet they've they've gone through and they've really just like I've said before. They listened to a lot of what we were saying. Sometimes it wasn't so obvious that they were listening, but. Now with these patch notes, you're like, holy crap, like everything that I thought that I would complain about, or maybe other people's ha other people's other people have complained about are all addressed here. And I just, you know, I could still talk. I could keep going. There's so much more to this list. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. If you haven't played the new version of Age of Wonders Planetfall and you thought maybe there were some things that weren't really clicking with you before, I promise you that some of them are probably addressed, if not all of them, and you may want to go back and try it. Yeah, I think I think this they've made a big effort to make the game easier to understand for, for beginners without without stripping away any of the actual complexity of the game. So they've 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 removed some of that boilerplate stuff that I was talking about. I think one of the things that's that's particularly stand out is the way that the economy works now. Um the, each sector you immediately get access to the bonuses to, you know, the various production resources. Um immediately without having to actually research that tech it just makes it much easier to make much easier to understand and it strips out a totally kind of you know a, a necessary part of the of the research tree that you had to kind of go through if you want if you wanted to remain competitive basically so i'm glad they've, they've done that actually i was watching um i was watching uh, a youtuber does tactic he he's just started doing a new stream of this tyrannosaur update and he showed you what the he was like look there's a big gap now in the tech tree and there is there's literally a gap and and he was saying but it doesn't this doesn't make the game any worse in fact it makes it significantly better it plays quicker it's easier to understand people are going to get less confused and i echo what you say rob i think anybody who's 
who bounced off Planetfall first time round should take another look now because it is significantly different. Yeah, and I can't wait to talk to you about the next expansion. I can't say anything about it. And I can probably tell you that I'm playing it, but I can't say anything else. It's going to be it's going to be fun. Why do you tease us so? <laughs> <There's> always <a laughs> I always do that. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, I, I I'm lucky and fortunate enough to be a part of their like testing group because I basically begged everybody and bribed them with, you know, all of my money and loot, but yeah, no, I've I've been playing it, and I can't wait for everybody to play it. Oh, I can't say Sounds anything awesome. about how great it is, but I said it. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> so let's talk about a game that we haven't really talked about much. Uh, it's a game that I think I wish I, I don't know if anyone here has played it. We'll talk about it here in a second. But if like there was a forex game that kind of incorporated the way this game does combat, I would love it. But it's Battlestar Galactica Deadlock, which is the best Battlestar Galactica game I've ever played. And the the tactical battles in this game, which is what the game is made of, it's basically just a tactical, um, like a spaceship tactical combat game, are fantastic. It's it's much better than you'd expect. And yeah, have you guys played it? I, no, I have a copy. I own it, but I haven't played it. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's, I've, I've not... I've, I've played it, but I've not played it. You know, I've, I've, uh, I've probably got gotten about maybe four or five missions into the main campaign and i i like the tactical combat in it i think it's really good um the t- the, i bounce right off the campaign mode i'll be honest with you but I, I, that's not through any fault of the game i think it's more that you know this problem we were talking about before where just too many games and not enough I know, time I was about to say the conversation comes full circle <laughs> it actually presents itself in a very apparent manner now because we are talking about a game that we should have been playing you're you're the same way with me man i may have played like 5 or 6 hours of it and i i like it i was enjoying myself but you know the next game comes up and i'm like all right here's the next one but i mean i was impressed by the tactical combat i thought it was great and the uh the the Game's getting a new expansion, which I believe is called Ghost of something. Let me. Ch- I just want to check. I don't want to say anything. It's called Colonial Day, but Ghost Fleet Offensive. That's what it's coming. Um, and I guess that's about okay. like cloaking and stuff like that. But the new dev diary is called Colonial Day, and it's going into some of the like the ship stuff, featuring the new ships from the Ghost Fleet Offensive expansion that's coming and i know right now they're also holding you know uh, or they're requiring or requesting or begging whatever they're doing for beta testers so if you're someone who's played a bunch of battlestar galactica and want to help the development you should go check it out but yeah i brought this into the weekly exchange because i just i I have played it and i just remember thinking damn if they had this kind of combat in like a master ryan or something like that although to be honest and to be very fair the, that would take forever. I really feel like your games of Massive Ryan 5 would just, you know, would take forever if it had combat like this, but maybe like a faster version of combat like this would be really damn cool. It, yeah, it would take too long because some of the battles in, in Deadlock can take what, you know, they can take quite a while. I think one of the arguments, one of the arguments made against tactical combat, um, you know, playable tactical combat in 4X games is that the amount of time and energy that it takes to to do them well can take away from the strategic side. That being said, uh, case in point, Age of Wonders Planetfall does that perfectly. Like I, I usually play the the battles in that, even if I know that I'm going to win because I just really enjoy the battles in that game. So, yeah, I was a long, a long, a long while ago. I was reading some a dev diary by 
Brad from Stardock, and he was talking about I think it was Brad or it might have been it might have been Derek Paxton, but they were talking about why they why they made the combat in Fallen Enchantress as simple as they did where you know because people are like oh why did why do all the the ranged units why can they just shoot right across uh you know the whole battlefield uh why does terrain not take any difference you know all this kind of thing and the argument was that if they made the game the tactical battles too involving and too complex it would take away from the overall strategic element and you know, Fallen Enchantress is kind of complex on the on the strategic level anyway. So perhaps perhaps combat that is as intense and detailed as Deadlock might just be a little bit too much. But there is somebody out there who will enjoy that, yeah. <laughs> without a doubt. So. Well, you know, I'm glad you brought up Derek Paxton because in just a day after this goes up, which means you've got about 12 hours tops, You, I will be, you can too if you want, <laughs> but I'll be interviewing... Derek Paxson on the podcast. So if you guys have any questions, well, this goes up probably around midnight on Sunday, midnight EST, Eastern Standard Time. And I will be doing an interview approximately 16 hours later. So you have about 16 hours to let me know what you want to talk to or what you want me to talk to Derek Paxson about if you haven't already. So uh, I think you have to talk to him about Fallen Enchantress because I know that you you love that game as much as I do, Rob. And Oh, I do. Yeah. Uh, Trexy, you a fan? I love it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all love it. So, and it's one of those games that people don't. It's got it's got a, a, a firm but kind of quiet fan base, I think. And if you if you ask if you ask the right questions in certain in certain places, you'll find a lot of people rate Fallen Enchantress very very highly. So yeah, I'd I'd like to hear about that game actually. That's the thing that, I'd, and obviously what Stardock are up to now. Yeah, you know it's weird how, how that game has gained favor as time has passed, right? Like. They've got like I feel like at the time of release when Legendary Heroes or even Fallen Enchantress came out, like the reaction was kind of lukewarm. And now you have a lot of people that look back on that because they've seen like <laughs> they've seen just how difficult forex forex games are to develop, and you know what the the quality of games that have come out are like. And they look back on it with a lot more positivity. And I, I like that because I thought Fallen Enchantress Legendary Heroes was one of the best forex games of all time. And I, I just enjoyed myself so much with that game, and I'm just glad to hear more people like it. <laughs> I felt so alone there for a while, but now I feel like most people that I asked that are like legitimately like pretty hardcore 4X fans, like, no, that was a damn good game. I think uh, it's just the, the history, really, with Elemental and the first Fall of the Enchantress. It's sort of, I think a lot of people were sort of just put off with that. But the final product of uh, Legendary Heroes actually turned out really good. Yeah. And then, of yeah. course, he had Sorcerer King afterwards. So it was kind of sort of sandwiched in between those two things that maybe just yeah. distracted from that game itself. I think there's, yeah. there's, there was also some fan backlash against Stardock in various ways just because of some stupid political crap. And I don't think it's very, I don't think it's deserved. I understand, you know, certain companies kind of get. They, they have to take heat from the fans for certain things. I know Paradox get a lot, you know, especially over over their many games and you know DLC policies and whatever. And start that I see I, I see a lot of that directed at Stardock still, and I don't really get it because because my opinion, Stardock make good games. They just make really good games, and they've got a track history of, of supporting those games long after release. I mean, they're still updating Fallen Enchantress to this day. They just started doing it again last year, I think. And, you know, that game's old now, right? I mean, when did that come out? 2013, probably. Yeah, that's, that's, that's old. 
In fact, I'll give you a shout out, Rob. Uh, the, I came across Fallen Enchantress from from when I found your blog that you were doing uh, for the for Explorer, and you had it ranked as one of your highest rated games. And I was just like, oh, I heard of this. I have to try it, and then fell in love with it. Yep, I, I can blame Rob for my love of Fallen Enchantress too. <laughs> It's it's so great. I I'm glad to hear that. I really am. And it's funny too, as a like a, a sort of <laughs> ironic thing that I did when I met Brad. I had him sign my copy of Elemental <laughs> War of Magic because <laughs> I bet he loved that. <laughs> you no, know, he thought it was funny. He actually thought it was really cool that I, I I had the collector's edition, and he was just like, "Wow, I I don't I you know it's been so long since I've seen this." And you know, I was like, "No, honestly, like I feel like that was where I fell in love with you guys. Like you you took a a basically like a a diamond in the rough and it was really really rough and you made it into a game that i genuinely appreciate to this day and the great part about was that that that, that something that they did that few if anyone else would have done uh they took the 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 people who bought the game at release or like within like a a few months of release and they gave them fallen enchantress and fallen enchantress legendary heroes for free which I don't. I mean, like, can you imagine Paradox doing that? They would never do that. It just they would never happen. do that. That's yeah. why. That's why I find the, I find some of the flack that Stardot get really unnecessary because at least, yeah, just judging from those actions and the fact that they've been updating their games, and if you read any of Brad's de- development diaries, just how, like, how much he seems to care about his games. Like, I, I think he was wounded about what happened with Elemental. I think he was really, really, like, it was, it was a personal tragedy for him i got that's the impression that i got from reading some of the dev diaries and i think he was really they wanted that game to be great and they put a lot of effort into it and then it, you know they kept they they came across these terrible issues during development that they just couldn't seem to iron out and that's just a nightmare i can imagine it i can just imagine it i mean i i'm i, I am a, i'm a programmer and i understand how difficult it can be when you're trying to iron out bugs and you just can't figure out what it is so yeah yeah, I think he sort of had the same thing with Sorcerer King. That was really, really a passion project for him, and just a lot of people didn't like it. Yeah, well, you're wrong, people. Whoever you are, it's <laughs> <laughs> a great Sorcerer game. King That's is a- another good one. It's, it's another, it's I, another fun game. I thought it was great. I actually, I mean, like, and then the, the whatever the sequel was called, the standalone sequel. It was also very, yeah. It was. I mean, the games were good. They were very good. I mean, they they clearly. My issue with them, and it was something that I brought up with the the developers early, was that the end game was always the same, and I was hoping to see like a point where we were having a different Sorcerer King every game, like you know there was like a rotation of like four or five different like forms that the Sorcerer King could take, and that would have been fantastic. That would have made the game much different. But you know, I, I beat it a couple times, and that was it for me. And the the worst part about that was that you know after the first couple times you beat it, and it did take a while for sure. Like it, you had to get like the the perfect party and you just had to make the right moves and all that stuff but you know once you beat it a couple times it was done whereas fallen enchantress legendary heroes you know i've beaten that game 10 times if i've beaten it once and i would still play it again right now yeah exactly that that seemed to be the general criticism of sorcerer king rivals was that it wasn't i remember that that I was trawling the steam reviews before i bought it that was one of the main complaints that people had about the game but it you know people still recommended to get the game because it's good i like that yeah. the, you know i know you're a big fan of asymmetry and it, that game is built around you know the the, the it's just a really interesting and it, it's quite an imposing figure this sorcerer king as well you know he's you can tell he's like this all-powerful character very much like the ai in ai war yeah you know, that, say, and, there's a lot of similarities there 
Yes, definitely. I mean, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they directly took some some influence from, uh, inspiration from that. But you know, he and he the Sorcerer King kind of crops up every few turns, and he's like, "I notice you're expanding. Stop!" And you know, you don't because you you. <laughs> and then he and then he kind of he, he will actually just come down on you like a ton of bricks. I've 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 not played that game a lot. I've got to be honest with you, but the I I did enjoy my time with it. I think it's it's great fun for sure, and the writing was really great too. So I you know. I'm I in my I reviewed it for Explominate back in the day and I gave it a very very strong recommendation and I got a little back a little backlash for that because you know some people were like just like what are you playing like what game are you playing and then a lot of people were calling me a, a shill for Stardock which is yeah. just funny <laughs> it's just like okay I'm a shill they're paying me all this money this like you know but it's just in retrospect, I still think they're great games. I wish they'd gone through with a little bit more on on the content portion of them, but you know, whatever. I, I, I'm with you. I'm, I like Stardock. Stardock makes good, good games. People people can tell when when a reviewer is is shilling for a company when they're not. Like I was I was talking to some guys today about Master of Orion three, and I was um, somebody sent me a review that was done in 2003 when the game was released, and it was it was so negative. Like seriously, you could you could feel the negative energy oozing out of this review, and then I was I, I said, can you send? Does anyone have a positive review of Master of Orion Three? Because I'm like, uh, I need a bit of balance, and somebody sent me like an IGN review that was done at the time, God. and it was glowing, and oh, and then and then apparently it turned out that they had to walk it back because because the game was that they reviewed it before the game had been released, and they were just, <laughs> they were just lying like everything about the game was just kind of a complete lie so don't rob man people know when when you know when there's look we know that if you like a game and you review it well there's the possibility that you've got your bias because you like it right there's this clear difference between that and not playing the game and then saying it's great yeah speaking of that. This is a great segue because we're going to talk about my Astro Exodus review real quick because I wrote it and it was after 41 hours of playing the game and I will admit it's a bit short worded. I don't think that I put more than a thousand plus ish words into this review and that is entirely the game's fault because honestly you've played the game a hundred times over. It's basically Master Ryan 2 with a fresh coat of paint. And that paint isn't necessarily a better coat of paint because some people are going to dislike the paint that's that's uh, that's been provided. And you know, I I wrote a lot about how it's just basically Master Ryan two. If you played that game, it's this game again. And my kind of agenda with it was to uh, maybe vent a little bit about how I feel like the forex, like the indie forex community, feels like they just need to keep redoing Master Ryan two. And I don't, I hate that. I hate that trend. I don't mind it when you take that as like a base and you expand upon it just a bit, or maybe even change things completely. Like I believe interspace galactic, whatever it's called, interstellar space Genesis, you know, they took that formula (laughs) and they've, they've expanded some of it, like, right. The, the, the exploration changes, the remote exploration and some of the other stuff has changed. And I, but I've also been very vocal about how I felt like it stuck too close to the formula in that game too. But here we have a game in Astro Exodus, which basically is Master Ryan 2 remade. And I was pretty vocally negative about it. And I, I, I don't know how many of you out here or out there listening actually check Reddit, but I put it on the Forex Reddit and, you know, there was quite a few people that, quite a few people that agreed with me were like, oh my God, yeah, I was in the beta 
and I knew this was going to flop. And, you know, this is just, you know, it, it felt like a ha- hobby project that was made into a commercial project, stuff like that. And then there was one in particular that, that, you know, I don't like to, I don't let people get under my skin. Well, at least I try not to. And this one said that I was being intellectually lazy because I didn't go into how the game mechanics were. And I will tell you, this guy's name is Disco Jer on, or I call him Disco Jerk on Reddit because every time I post <laughs> anything on Reddit, he thinks he has to say something r- ridiculously negative about it. And that's fine. I, I generally just meet his negativity with some sort of like objective positivity. But this time I was like, what in the hell do you want from me? Like this game is a game that everyone's played already. Like we've all played it. Do you need me to remind you how Master Ryan 2 plays? Like you move your your citizens between various, you know, uh, manufacturing capabilities or, you, you know, it's it's all the same damn thing. Like colony management's the same way. Researching is the same way. Exploration's the same damn way that you play in every other 4X. What do you need me to explain? And, you know, so I wanted to <laughs> get up on my soapbox here briefly and just talk about it because it has been one of my more... Um, there, there have been more vocal responses about this one than I've gotten in most of mine. So, you know, I, I, I can write a long review. I wrote a pretty long review for Planetfall. My Sorcerer King review, actually, to look back on that, is like 4,000 words. Um, but in this case, I just didn't feel like Asterix just was worth my time. And I almost wanted to make a statement in that, so... Nobody needs to remake Master of Orion 2, exactly. Like, okay, so let's... Let's look at Remnant of the Precursors. Yeah, that that um, is it's a very close remake of Master of Orion One, but it's but it does some extra stuff. Now that game is the barrier to entry to Master of Orion One, which mechanically is still a great game. Yeah, we all agree on that. I think well, most people will agree on that. Mechanically, it's still superb. The, the barrier to entry is the DOS interface and the fact that you've got to run it in DOSBox. Um, so Remnant of, Remnant of the Precursors is, is really, really welcome because not only is the, is the base game good, but he's also added some great art. There's some new stuff in there with regards to the you know, dip, diplomatic stuff. I mean, you know this better than me, Rob, because I've not really played it a huge amount, but nobody needs to remake Master of Orion 2 as, exactly as it was because, one, when you remove the, you know, when you remove the rose-tinted sunglasses, there's a, lot in Mas- there's a lot of stuff in Master of Orion 2 that isn't that great. You know, I mean... You guys, you probably know this game better than I do because I I didn't play it, you know, originally in the nineties. Like it passed me by, but I have played it a significant amount in the last few years. I I, I really got into it. I really liked it, but it really does suffer from build everything everywhere. You know, that kind of the there's a sort of optimum thing that you need to do with most planets and it doesn't really seem to be that much kind of variation and most of the the better master of orion light games seem to have tried to work around that you know but by either limiting the amount of things that you can build on a planet or you know building slots this kind of stuff so no nobody needs to remake that game yeah talking of a master of orion remake uh dominus galaxia finally released um they sent out steam keys and uh, itch.io keys for all the uh, Kickstarter backers. And on top of that, we got a little patch. It was only a small patch, but with some fixes. Um, again, that's another Master Ryan 1 clone, but does quite a, thing, quite a few things different as well. Um, again, I know this, you know, going back to uh, Remnants, really, that's like a passion project, and it's not really going to be a paid game. So, you know, I can see the point of doing that, but... 
when you've had so many Master Ryan 2 clones and you've got stars in, shad- in shadows, why I just don't understand why Astra was greenlit, really. Yeah, I'm surprised that Slytherin um, let that one through. Because they they've got a track record of making you know of releasing good games, so I'm surprised about that. But you know, so, it's, it's got so, time. Yeah, and so I mean to say to, to to that point though, Slytherin, I feel like they will release ten games, and two of them will be fantastic, right? So, and I think that's their business model. Like they'll just pretty much publish everything, and one or two of them is going to be the hit that they need to keep going. <laughs> and I'm not saying yeah, that to be rude, sense. but like. If you got like close combat, like the re- the more recent close combat, right? Um, I'm pretty sure that's a Slytherin. I'm almost certain it is. It says yes, and, yeah. You know, it was an okay game, but then you'll have a game like Panzer General Two, or not Panzer General Two. I'm sorry, Panzer Core Two, whatever that new one is. That's clearly a Panzer General game. Sure. It's it's being well received already, and it's not even out yet. So like they put out like a, uh, I want to say like a. a, a press build or some sorts and you know it looks and plays damn good and everybody's excited for it so there's their hit right um you know and then they had games like gladius that are done very well but then they'll make a game they'll produce a game or publish a game like astro exodus that you know did, did it really need to be out there did anybody need this game i don't think so but you know they've pushed it out they probably put very little into the actual game itself they probably provided very little in the in the form of actually like uh, advertising it because i've never seen it anywhere to be to be honest i've never seen it advertised anywhere so you know that's what i'm saying like i feel like they they probably it's like throwing you know like this throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what sticks i feel like that's what they do like and i'm not i'm not dissing on that because i feel like you know that's not a bad plan it's clearly kept them in business but i do think that slytherin has a hit or miss um history for their their games yeah, I think they've released an awful lot of games that are kind of some really obscure World War One battle or something, you know. And I'll be honest, I haven't played most of those. Right, exactly. Yeah, so like I, there was actually a World War One game that came out recently for them. And, you know, it may have been like a thousand people that bought that game and thought that was great. But, you know, I don't know. That's um, I, Slytherin, I'm not I'm not trying to diss Slytherin at all because I feel like they, they have found some very great games. I just I do think that they're willing to kind of publish anything. And just see where it all goes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, w- let's talk about a game that. Okay, first of all, I do want to make an apology because last week I spoke about Thea 2's Wrath of the Sea update, and I was misreading the Steam page. It appears that you actually can just send the developer some free money, like basically like a thank you, as like a DLC. But that's not Wrath of the Sea. Wrath of the Sea is free. So I said it was eight dollars. Sending them a pizza or whatever is eight dollars. But the Wrath of the Sea update, I just they're right beside each other, so I clearly misread it. And I wanted to say that I'm sorry to Muha Games for saying that their brand new free update for an entire like new realm of the game with the sea and you know the focus on the sea, it's actually completely free. And you know credit where credits due because I think that's awesome. And I've I've already said that I think that Muha does a really good job of supporting their game. So my apologies for that. And then I want to talk about what is Star Valor, which is a game that I think, you know, there's been a few of us in this Discord and in the group that have said that they really like the, like, basically like the space RPGs where you're like, you know, you start off with this humble little ship and you, you know, keep upgrading it and you can trade and do all sorts of stuff like that. Kind of like Freelancer, not Freelancer, is it Freelancer? Yeah, like old school Freelancer. And then, 
this game here, Star Valor, is like that. And it's actually a game I'd never even heard of. It picked up on my my queue on Steam. And I was like, wow, this looks pretty cool. And then I look at the, the actual Steam rating, and it's really high. It's like 93%. And it looks very good. Have you guys checked out the link? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's got good reviews. But funny enough, <laughs> I've recently just bought another game that's very similar called Starcom Nexus, which is bit newer as well similar sort of game so yeah i'm a fan of these sort of games there's also um what's the other one called star sector is it as well which is star sector is an amazing game that is that is a really really good game yeah that's the goliath of this genre i think i mean at this point it's so damn good and it just keeps getting better and you know the, the developer there is super responsive to everything yeah starcom nexus is a game that i own <laughs> i should play it oh man that yeah i haven't like... had a chance to play it either but yeah i'm a fan of this sort of thing so i've wish listed this uh stop another one i need to try <laughs> I, I also like games yeah so what star valor like then Rob? well it's so i mean like what makes it unique is that it's i guess it's a solo developer um he he, I mean, I think the graphics look really good for someone who's doing it by themselves. I don't know if he's the one doing them or not, but you know, it just it has a very clean look to it. I like it a lot. But I mean, in short, the description here says: take control of your own spaceship with a vast galaxy to explore, mine, quest, trade, fight, and even craft your own weapons. Start small, improve, complete missions, gather allies, or hire mercenaries. Grow big and powerful. So, like, it really is <laughs> like every other game like that. I just it looked to me like you know a pretty strong example of that that particular game type so you know if you're looking for more of those games it's something you might want to check out so yeah and then support the little guy right yeah it looks definitely. cool i'm always looking for mountain blade in space and Star <laughs> yeah, Sex is, does, yeah, does a fair good love them, uh, yeah. oh speaking of mountain exactly. blade we'll, let's talk about that real quick and then we're going to move on i want to talk about your games and then we'll we'll wrap this one up but Mountain Blade 2 finally has a beta release date or an early access release date of March 30th, which is not that far out. But of course, finally. we've all been waiting. Yeah, I was about <laughs> to say, we've been all been waiting for like seven years at this point. So, yeah, I'm really excited about that. It is a game that, despite the fact that it fits into <laughs> like none of the, I mean, like it's got a strategy element to it, right? I guess I could yeah. say that. It's well, not we're a gonna talk about it. It's, <laughs> it's a Mountain Blade is one of the best games ever made. I think it really, yeah, absolutely. Bizarre game, but it's it was a rough diamond. I think that's that that term was almost coined for Mountain Blade. It's so rough around the edges and convoluted, and yet just so entertaining. I loved it. I loved jumping into battle and like basically battling alongside all of your other people. And I, I, yeah, the the game is fantastic. It's a great game. But the second one's coming out soon, so we'll have to keep an eye on that and talk about it when it becomes relevant. But what have you guys have been yeah. playing? Have you guys been playing any forex games this week or strategy games? Uh, zero. <laughs> I've actually uh, been playing a game we spoke about last week, which is uh, Wilson, Wilson, which is the action RPG game, which I was having a great time with. I had a, a few bugs here and there. It didn't really stop me progressing until I got to the final boss, who, for some reason, whenever I tried to kill him, becomes immune and doesn't attack anymore. And basically, I'm stuck. <laughs> I can't get past the final boss. Oh, no. Which is, uh, <laughs> yeah, it sort of dampened my uh, enthusiasm for that game. But uh, I'll, I'll touch on quickly about the game itself. Um, yeah, it's an action RPG. It does some interesting new things. 
Um, there isn't a ton of skills on it, but you can actually your cl- there's not really a class. You can just buy any of the skills and use them. And the way it works is you get XP in your skill, and then you get passives that go. So the higher level, the more passives you get, and the more passive points you get for that skill, which sort of changes how they work or just more the usual more damage but yeah i was i was quite enjoying it the um it's only three acts at the moment i think they are gonna increase it but it ended up only being about i think it took me about 10 hours to get to the final boss and then after that you have a sort of mapping system where you can customize your map for different bonuses to get different things but i know nothing about that because i can't get past the boss (laughs) (laughs) i know uh i've not really played any forex this week the reason being because i nearly finished my uh my article about gladius and i've been playing gladius pretty heavily so i kind of needed a bit of a break so i've just i've been playing an rpg this week mostly while i've been when I've had time to play games. So, yeah, no, I'm afraid nothing exciting to report there. Oh, I did start playing... Um, I had another look at Space Empires 4. Um, how do you rate that game? I played it multiplayer. I, I still, honestly, I'm still not sure what I think about it. The guys who I played with loved, loved that game. Yeah, I played a play-by-email game. I think they're doing actually doing another one. I didn't bother jumping at the, for this time, but, yeah. A lot of people love the hell out of that game. More than five as well. Yeah, I've, I gather it's really, it's still got a bit of a multiplayer scene. What, what do you think, Rob? Do you have you did you play it? Do you like it? Nope, never played it. And you guys can go ahead and crucify me now. I've never played the game. Never played any of the Space Empire games. The end. It it looks. It just looks. I think the issue with Space Empires is it kind of looks kind of basic, but it's really really complex. Um, it's yeah. I think the nearest I can describe it would be it's like just it's like a turn-based distant world universe, and it's got and it's you know it's almost that complex. It doesn't have the same it doesn't have the same kind of economic system that distant worlds has, but it's it's really really there's a lot you can do in that game, and I I kind of want to get my teeth into it, but it also looks like it might be quite it might be quite a time sink, shall we say? So perhaps not the best thing to be doing. Yeah, when when I uh, I got invited to play the play by email game, I looked at it and thought, oh, this should be pretty simple. I should be able to pick this up. <laughs> and I spent most of the game trying to learn the game. It is actually quite complex, so yeah, yeah, probably wasn't yeah. a good idea for me to jump into the game without actually ever playing it before. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, it does it does look great, and I I've got a thing for it. I like playing retro games from time to time, and I guess it probably qualifies as a retro game now. But um, I mean, it, it does. It, there's so many people who speak very very highly of it that you know, yeah. Space Empire. So what have you been playing, Rob? Oh, I have actually played another Forex game this week. I lied, but I can't talk about it. I'm doing <laughs> Oh, great. That's awesome. I needed a replacement for Nate when it comes to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I've done the same thing myself. I've played a couple games. I mean, I've 10 crowns I've played the beta of. and you know, Oh, I like yeah. Uh, and, well, yeah, that's what I've been and I don't know so what jealous, else. I've, so jealous. I I've actually been playing a bit of non forex games this week after the Astro Exodus like I don't know binge. I <laughs> forever been turned off from forex. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it, it was difficult for me to like fire up another forex game for a little f- a few days. So I, you know, like you, I've been playing some action RPGs and stuff like that. So I will come back to my regularly scheduled programming with the forex gaming 
genre here in a little bit but for the time being i just need i need some space all right yeah you just need some breaks you know <laughs> but yeah no i you know again guys thank you so much for joining me this week i i know again that it's so early where you are in you know the dark deep dungeons you guys live in and yeah and- <laughs> someone totally wasn't <laughs> sleeping before this podcast yeah we had to wake up drexy so thank you so much for waking up i didn't think calling you would actually work but it did and all of a sudden we got groggy old drexy but you've done well i appreciate it thank you for joining us yeah sorry i might have struggled through this one a little bit uh not my usual self but uh, there you go Sorry, we I, honestly, I'm surprised you were able to speak because when I wake up, I, I'm just like, I shut everybody out for like at least 20 minutes before I even say a word. So, thanks for joining us, and hey, thanks again, Ben, for being here. Thank you very much for having me. Well, hopefully, I can get these guys to join me again next week. But until then, this was Drexy, Ben, and Rob for Explominate, and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. See you later, guys. Bye.